0: Hi,
1: I'm
0: Tracy and I'm Norma and we're Black Girls With Accents. Hi everyone, welcome back. Hi. So it's hard to believe that I May Destroy You has come to an end. Well, season one has come to an end. Yes,
1: I'm sad.
0: I don't know what we're going to do with Monday nights, but um, I mean, I'm watching quite a a couple of different series. Unorthodox is one, totally different, but I, I've been enjoying yeah. that as of late. And I've couple... been enjoying
1: Perry Mason. I've heard
0: that was very good, actually. I mm-hmm. um, enjoyed it. <laughs> I have my dad's generation stuck in my head. I think of my dad when I think of detective shows, but I hear it's very, very good.
1: Yeah, they did a nice spin on it. Um,
0: it gives it sort a
1: of fresh look. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's
0: quite a few other Black Brit shows too that are out that I'll maybe uh, talk about some other time. And, of course, you can always go to Chewing Gum, which was uh, Michaela Cole's play-turned um, series. So, anyway, without further ado, let's get into the last two episodes of I May Destroy You. So many twists and turns. And I take, you know, very detailed notes as I'm watching and then I try to kind of condense them all into talking about yeah. And so... <laughs> I think for episode 11, the main things that jump out for me are growth, forgiveness, yeah. and unpredictability. So I say growth because in this episode, Ben, we get Ben with his plants in the garden, the little, well, not really garden, but yes. in space, and he's pruning his, um, shrubbery, uh, his plants and things. And so I... for me that was symbolic of growth and we are beginning to see the growth of the three main characters Arabella, Terry and Kwame Um, Mm -hmm. for me Kwame is learning how to be in an adult relationship so for much of the series Kwame is just about hit it and quit it I mean there's no interest in a sustained relationship right, he's just constantly swiping up left right down Um, for a a quickie, a quick hookup, but no it's not ready for a committed relationship. And after he's been violated, I think he's, he's just so afraid that he's using his sexual ex escapades to kind of numb himself. Is that how I see it? Mm-hmm. And so for me, with this new man in his life um, who wants him to just slow down and just get to know each other and date a little bit and just kind of enjoy the time together as opposed to always going straight to sex is so new for him. And mm-hmm. so he's g- learning to grow. It's it, it's uncomfortable, but he's willing to go with it. And then Terry, who we knew was somewhat daring because she had her menagerie trois uh, yeah. experience and, and is now recognizing that the two men involved played her. as She learned from her new uh, partner Love interest. happens to be yeah. transgender. Mm-hmm. And that's where the unpredictability comes in because... At first, the assumption is that she wouldn't be open to it, that she's going to try and break off the date because, well, she's the one who initiates the date. And then when she looks them up and learns uh, that the date is transgender, I think the assumption is that she's going to end the date quickly because she's uncomfortable. Um, But actually, we see something different. And it's an interesting way to play on the difference between how Kwame handles it and how um, Arabella's new uh, partner handles it because they are more transparent. Terry's partner is more transparent about the issue. When she broaches it, Mm -hmm. then um, he answers. In fairness to Kwame a little bit, um, the opportunity isn't present. I mean, we have the same circumstance, Terry's transgender boyfriend doesn't say first date. Oh, by the way, I'm transgender. It comes up as they are telling their story, but it doesn't quite happen that way for Kwame. It was an interesting way to repeat that scenario, but do it in a different way, right? To show that there is a way for someone to to kind of um, disclose who they are. For Terry, it kind of
1: comes up because a person in a public space makes it clear, make, makes a comment. So then it's like, wait, there's something to tell. And um, so the, the transgender person still leaves it up to her to go and Like he, like he knows he's, he's going to go snoop and she says that she goes, he's going to the bathroom because he sees the difference when she comes back. Um, So I do see what you're saying about like with Kwame and, and in life in general, like how hard is it to say, out loud, um, something that's very private,
0: I guess. Yeah. Well, I think the difference being, though, offering the scenario a second time, um, Terry's partner is explains who he is without reservation, doesn't try to talk around it. Um, mm, mm-hmm. And we just don't know if Kwame, if the circumstances were different, you know, would he have disclosed that actually, as he said, I'm on the spectrum of sexuality and I'm experimenting? We, d- we just don't know. But um, I think it's a wise move to kind of replay that kind of scenario, but this time allow the person to disclose um, mm-hmm. this aspect of who they are, right? It's not just who, it's not the only thing that kind of makes up a person's character. I think that's the point mm-hmm. as well. And then, let her decide and and I think that we are surprised that she's like, yeah, well, I'm curious, I'm down for whatever, so I think that that was for me anyway unpredictable. I didn't see that being the answer it
1: was i I even like that she said, like if I leave now, you know, they're gonna sound like phobic. and like so i I like that you could see that there was like a inner inner struggle about do i do i you know, like I feel like there was an initial, oh, I don't do this, but then it was like, wait, I've been, you know, this is what I've been talking about. This is what I claim to be open to, and then she settles into it. And I do like, um, yeah, I do like the the twist. It, it was different, and I do like that she seemed comfortable, like staying, you know, giving giving it a, a try. Yeah.
0: Right. 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 Um. So then, in terms of continuing on with this theme of unpredictability and um, growth, Kwame Mm -hmm. tries to go back and correct his actions. Well, not correct, but apologise. He recognises, okay, I've made myself a victim, but I need to apologise. And that does not go well at all. She's not willing to hear it. In in actuality, (laughs) it makes her even more upset. Um, I don't know, do you think that she... I don't know, I mean forgiveness, right? I'm not a forgiving yeah. and forgetting kind of person, so this really is not a question for me. But what, <laughs> what, what, what do you think about forgiveness?
1: I saw it as um as the that pain that people like can't let go of. Um I thought what he did was was brave and I thought there was there's to me there's really no other way that he could fix that. So I was like, at least he did it. That's how I that's how I saw it. I was like, he went. He spoke, he apologized. But then when I saw her reaction, I was like, oh, she's never letting us go. <laughs> right. She's upset, she's in pain. And then um there's a, um, a scene a little later, guys, where she sends him a, a text message. And she's like, you know, like, and it's a, it's a negative text message. And I realized that, no, as long as she's in pain, she will try to hurt him back. And what I liked from that, that scene or that shot is that probably just accepts it. Like he doesn't block her. He doesn't like, he just looks at it and it's like, okay. And at the same time, I was like, um, this is a perfect example of you being a good person or, you know, and, and being a good person in most people's eyes and still having that one person out there that's like, they suck. I hate that person. Or it's just, um, I don't want to use the phrase "it's hard to please everyone," but it um, because I feel like that more often goes to people that don't really know you well. But I could see that this was for her, um, maybe because she also knew that she like came on strong, and so it was too hard for to let go of that embarrassment and that pain. And so I was like, "Yeah, she's gonna hurt him back until she settles into what her part of the." of the evening was, like what
0: her actions were in the well it's interesting yeah. that you're talking about culpability, right? So she has to recognise her actions. Kwame has to recognise mm-hmm. his own actions. Even with Arabella. I'm not Arabella, mm-hmm. we'll get to her in a second, but even Terry yeah, has Terry. to recognise mm-hmm. with her threesome action what happened in that. For Arabella there's more there's more plot twist and unpredictability when um so so in this in episode 11 arabella has still yet to produce this manuscript right and mm-hmm. now we're to the point <laughs> of just negligence and everyone's had it right that they've done their best to be patient and she reads ben is reading this book called sun girls so i think that's the title she loves the book she loves the prose it's like she's and it's she's pumped it's inspiring her to um now kind of buckle down and complete her manuscript, and she wants to meet the author because there 's so much synergy and um the author 's named della and um so she creates a video um uh asking the the author to meet her and then she goes to her publisher the the black woman and it's so this whole interesting racial moment with her publisher. At Henny House, who's a black woman, yeah. a very powerful, successful black woman. And this woman is, again, more with the plants, more symbolism. The woman is yes. tending to her plants, right? Nurturing, growing. and But the relationship between Arabella and this woman doesn't grow. A, because the woman has absolutely no respect for Arabella. B, no. the relationship was only purely transactional anyway, right? That I run a business, and you are the worker, and you produce, and I pay you. There was never really any effort to foster a sister-girl kind of relationship, which Arabella thinks they have. and yeah, because I was going to say woman, from
1: Arabella's imagination, right. went there because of the skin color.
0: Right, she assumes that because she's black, that we are kinfolk, and mm-hmm.
1: the kinfolk ain't
0: always <laughs> skinfolk, as we learn. It sure ain't. Because... <laughs> Arabella makes some kind of you know off-the-cuff remark about trees and brown and like bark and that makes us similar and the woman's like excuse me like what do you mean like I, I don't I don't quite understand and so it's an interesting moment dealing with um race and identity and how one identifies this woman is clearly making it um she's making a point that you and I are not the same I'm we we're ranking share, <laughs> Right, and because we both share melanin, it doesn't mean that we identify the same, right? That you proclaim your blackness, but I don't think in those terms. That's what we that's kind of how I read this woman's behavior, which is not you no know, many people like that in England or in America. It's not a new mm-hmm. phenomenon, but just very interesting. This goes back to what I've been saying all um the entire season, just a very clever way in which she injects these um, conversations about race and identity and gender, uh, just in these very clever ways. Through the very brief encounter with the woman, but so much is said in that moment.
1: Oh, it is. Yes, I agree. It, it, it's a, this is a little off, but what I thought was interesting was that th- during quarantine, so many people have been like getting plans and Nurturing them and stuff. So it was when I saw it in the series, which is of course shot re- before we even knew A pandemic was happening. I thought it was so interesting to see something that was actually calming and fitting for this actual time that we were in in the show, and so it, it just seemed like right on time, almost like uh, have you seen it like a third item Yeah, I appreciate it. <laughs> but um, it. Mm-hmm. um, that's that particular moment. Um, just to go back a little bit of what you're saying is you know, like Bella, that. She tries it and tries to Terry's way like all oh, wow and she gets blocked right and the, the heightens the the anxiety in the and the and the how do you say that um rejection and so i feel like even the the thought and the action of going to henny house is is comes from that point when you're when you're not in your in your right state when you're when you're making these decisions and and impulsive actions, uh, because you just want to feel different, and then you unfortunately go to places that are actually like not good for you, which she's done before, like go to um, Italy. And so I, I, I when I that moment came into motion, I was like, oh, this is it's one of those moments that will not give you the satisfaction um, that you're that you're seeking, and. Um, I, yeah I, I had it, a, it remember when she went and asked for the for the race or yeah. like a movie yeah. yeah, that was the first time that I was like, okay, this lady, whatever that mini bonding that she deliberately did with you when you initially like signed on and she knew that she was getting product from you, that is absolutely was a was a fake intent or was a a facade and so this time in the office, even though she's showing her like this is how I manage my day and this is what I care for she does not let her in at all and I don't know if it's because she knows it's an ask you know that an ask is coming and then and it's the ranking that stood out to me like she deliberately made Arabella feel like she was beneath her she deliberately closed that door on her um and also because she knew that Della was um is is at the moment more profitable actually produces and she knew what she who she had in her pocket there right. and so she was like i'm gonna i'm gonna gamble on dela right i'm just gonna keep this one and push you off the boat right and um i thought it was um i thought it was very interesting she made she made Arabella feel so small and then to say goodbye as if the way they 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 greet each other or not really even greet each other but the way the scene ends with Henny House I was like oh this is over <laughs> you're never stepping foot in this building again well and yeah
0: I think you make a, a very interesting connection here with going to Italy right because it's the Bellagio mm. it's the Biagio scene all over again right yeah I and mean, it's like these kind of um, returning to the scene. Like she As she, she says, returning to the scene of the crime. It's the exact yeah. same thing that happened with Biagio. She shows up at the woman. She assumes it's going to be,
1: hey, hey, great
0: to see you. She makes this assumption. And just like Biagio, this woman knows who she is, that she's not producing. Yeah. She's wasting her money and her time. And I, it, it is a class thing, but I also think it's a matter of, If she was going to see her as a fellow black woman, then she needed to be in her league. And to be in her league meant that she needed to produce, right? And Arabella hasn't. So she's not going to invest any time in her. In the same way that Biagia is not going to invest any time in her, right? That All she brings is chaos and excuses. And she's done with that. And and to your point, well, she has Della now. She doesn't need her anyway. But I think that the circumstances would have been different had arabella produced because when she first produce. meets her there is still there are still airs and graces but there is interest she, she she she's interested in her story mildly but after mm-hmm. she has no respect for her no right and, and that, so, that
1: is what i meant by r- ranking not necessarily yeah. class but like uh more inner you know, like generally from close to what i think you could do and therefore you're not even close to what i do like i run you know (laughs) exactly exactly yeah a publishing company like yeah i don't have time for this
0: yeah right and for any of the creators who are listening and have ever received an advance they know that what -hmm. this means right or if you are working with a publisher or you have a deadline for you know whatever whatever this is kind of more in, in my world right that i someone who has to publish books and have to adhere to deadlines and and this
1: sort of thing. Um, it makes I, me anxious, so I'm very impressed with people. Like it, as weird as it sounds, the the advance actually would make me personally anxious. Like, I, yeah, yeah. We you know. have to make good.
0: We <laughs> have to make good on on right, returning mm-hmm, their investment. And you'll
1: promise. Yeah.
0: Um, as an academic writer, it's different. We don't get you know. There's no monetary advance in that sense. Mm. But um, there is a, a clock that's ticking, and there are contracts that are written up. And, <laughs> but it's it's known in academia that it's a kind of um, it's a binding contract, but that the dates are flexible. It's not said right mm. because you need to have a deadline of sorts. But in yeah. general, the deadlines there is some there is an understanding, and the um, just the reality that many most I would say most, but. Academics mm-hmm. often don't meet their deadlines, not because they're lazy or unfocused, but it is very hard to um, write teach. and teach full time mm. and have a family or whatever else has gone on in your life. And so while you might have all of the intentions in the world, because usually you're given when you send in a, a, a proposal for a book, um, typically it's with the intent that it will be done within a year, right? Mm-hmm. That, that you're you've kind of mapped out what the book looks like and how many chapters and when you write this proposal you believe in your heart yeah I should be able to get it done in, in like a year <laughs> yeah. from now and then the reality is it takes longer than that it could take two years out from when mm. you originally Um, um. so anyway all of that to say you know I know well what it is not to meet a deadline fortunately mm. for me there's no money involved but it is a humbling thing when you and 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 you know, someone who writes for a living, it is, you can't often write under stress or sometimes you do your best work under stress. It just depends. Um, I don't
1: do well if I put the deadline myself. Then I'm mm. all over the place. But when somebody gives me a deadline, um, I'm getting better at spacing it out more because I do the under stress one. I think I picked that up when I first like went to college. Um and so I, I linger and do a lot of stuff in my head. And then I go the last two weeks or like do this immense pressure on myself. And, um, I had read somewhere that it was like a perfectionist trait mm. so that we could still always say like, well, this is what I did on the pressure. So I'm trying to unlearn that and be really space out and really use the time that I've been given more, uh, you know yeah more yeah. probably space out instead of instead of making a chunk very hard on myself towards the end so right just, right yeah <laughs> sometimes what
0: comes with deadlines and, and and this is probably for arabella too is just the whole thing of um feeling unse- insecure mm-hmm. um because yeah. sometimes you might meet the deadline but it's not as you just said it's not up to your standards or you're just in your head mm-hmm. and so you don't want to let it go and so you're revising re-revising and just you just won't let it go and when you write a book it's not like what you submit is the final final it goes mm-hmm. under extensive reviews several reviews but you know someone said to me once um in graduate school someone said when you put pen to paper and you write your name at the top of that paper and you submit it you submit an mm-hmm. essay or whatever it is you write that's a reflection of you and yeah I've always remember that and so for me if it's not in top shape, I don't want to let it go because I feel like if there are any miserrors errors, yeah. I, you know that that's going to be a critique on me. So yeah. you know, for Arabella, I think that she's still trying to find her pacing. There's a lot going on, and she thinks that Della's going to be the saving grace. And then the plot twist is that Della agrees to meet her, and that Della yeah. is Zane. And so now we have like the Kwame situation coming face to face with, right? And it's a very awkward moment because for a number of reasons, right? First, because, okay, wow, loved your book. Oh, wow, you finished your book. Oh, wow, awkward because of what happened. Yeah. Uh, oh, wow, a, kind, a confrontation, <laughs> right? A confrontation. So there's a lot to, there's a lot to quote unquote unpack right here because um the last time she saw Zane it was under unfavorable circumstances
1: yeah and there's it's never made clear if Zane ever tried to speak to her or apologize before this so which i which is the only thing that 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 like crossed my mind was like did he ever try to apologize before or, but there's it's weird but it's just a little bit in what he says that, um, and I, it, its not a sim—it's not in a sympathy way, because I do think that what he was doing was ego stroking for him, but I do think he was underestimating the severity of what he was doing with removing the condoms. Um, but he, same as Kwame, I feel like I see a lesson learned in the behavior and then he says only only honey and my mom know that I'm Della. and for for some reason that he when he mentioned that his mom knew um to me that felt like if he had had like a lot of conversations with her about all of this i don't know why like i him mentioning that i was like i wonder if his mom was mentioned on purpose cuz it does feel like some soul searching has been happening since this has been become clear to him. Like yeah. it, it, it was a mis- it was a, mis- a mistake, but a, a mistake you made repeat, repeatedly to feed your ego and not think about what it does to others. Okay. Um, yeah, yeah. Okay. So that's what. But I did like that he said. Not and it doesn't uh, describe what happened, or, or you know, it doesn't make it right. But I did like that he said. I had said that I would help you with your book. And at this point, I feel like it's like the least that I could still do from the things that I, had, you know, promised and said.
0: I agree completely with everything you just said. And and also, there was negligence on his part because he was sent there to help her, right? Not to get in this relationship with her, mm-hmm. right? So there's a violation. just crossed the line in, in many ways. But yeah, I mean, I don't... There's nothing for me to add. I think you said everything just yep. yeah I, I wouldn't even add to it um so all right so Zane is gonna were help. you
1: nervous when they went back to the party? I was although I didn't think <laughs> well
0: I didn't think that she was un, in any danger right because he's really no. passive and she's makes it clear that I'm not afraid of you and um, I was a little bit because I wasn't quite sure because she her behavior was so unpredictable but it was great because again we're both creators we both write it's great. It was great to see that whole process. It's like for me and for any of the creators that are listening, there's, there's times when you're writing and it's just like, you're in an endless kind of circle of going nowhere and then something clicks and you're in your rhythm and it's like everything comes together. And after like, it could be months or even years, like all of a sudden it just, it's like, things make sense. Now she did hers on like index cards um, mm-hmm. with Zane's help helping to kind of plot it out and see the the big picture and put the pieces together um, kind mm-hmm. of do mine like you said in your, on, on on the page or in my head um, that was remarkable for me and for, I think for any people who are watching who are really inspired by her and want to write and that yeah. that whole scene of everything coming together or mostly coming together and her being able to work three, two days uninterrupted you know brushing her yeah. teeth while she's working eating while she's working I connected probably with this more than anything in the show. Well, two things. This and the whole thing about um, kind of parents and their, how parents, yeah. how you can see them differently as an adult and, and you saw them as you, you see them now as adults and you yeah. can be a little bit more forgiving for their flaws and they were such heroes to you as kids because you didn't know their flaws, right? And then this, yeah. this whole thing with the writing was really, for me, um just kind of understood that whole process
1: yeah that's but it made me think of uh when she puts all the cards and um on the wall it's uh the scenes that i'm like oh this doesn't work and then it all comes together i sometimes go dig that pile of scenes that i was like actually this one does work and it works really well so it's really um yeah it's that feeling definitely where you or when it forever seemed like there were only 15 pages and then you put everything together and you're like, wait, I'm on page 57. Yeah. <laughs> it's almost a full pilot. Yeah, it's, um, it's very liberating and it, it, it does, to me, I always say it does feel magical. It feels magical when I go through that because the other part is so like somebody is like <laughs> holding my feet as I'm trying to step forward. So it's, yeah, when you do feel that, that free flow, you're like, yes, that's the thing. So very relatable and very um, very well done because I could feel it. You know, yeah. like, I, I I don't know how it is for somebody that doesn't write before a person that writes. I was like, yes, oh God, yes, that feeling of... Because at this, up until that point, you really wonder, like, well, does she have one page? You know? <laughs> <laughs> right. right. And, and then you're like, yeah.
0: And there's that pressure, right? Because now she has to repay the publisher... Right. She spent all that money going to Italy and doing everything else. She has no money. So now she has to finish the book this time. It's not even out of finishing the book because, you know, like as one does, this is your project and this is your baby and you're creative and you're expressing yourself. Now it's it's dollars and cents. This is survival. And so it was the inevitable. It just just
1: came. Yeah. You
0: have to. So now she's back in the process of being a creative now. Right. And Zayn has, you know, helped her to get to this place and that they're cordial. It's interesting at the end of the scene after Zayn goes back, she has two bags and in those two bags are the clothes that she was wearing when she was sexually violated and, and any number of things that were in those bags. Like it's funny, there's a, there's a story, two things. There's a uh, Erica Bardu's bag lady. Lady? Yeah. <laughs> Which is about kind of, you know, yeah. carrying around all this baggage and then there's Enter Zaki for color girls. The lady in mm. green talks about someone stealing all of her stuff, having all the stuff. And I I saw that when she tells Zane, a male, take those bags with you on Last. your way out, right? Take that Definitely. trauma, take all that foolishness. Especially take-
1: since he has no idea what he's taking out. Nope. And he's like, Oh yes yep. and I just love like just that ease of letting go. Just yep. take those bags
0: out. Yeah, yep. and it's like she's cleaned house, and mm-hmm. as life, in real life, as things are thrown at you, she's at this great moment. There's a moment of clarity. She can finish this book, and she's tying up these loose ends. And then when she goes to the bar, she comes face to face with her an- attacker. And again, this unpredictability, right? Zane is back in the picture and everything's going well. And then you just kind of like, you stop in your tracks, like, oh shit. Like, there's the guy, what's going to happen? It ends, you don't know what's going to happen. And then episode 12 was just really, um, as well, kind of transition into it. The
1: 11, just that last part, I, I, it made me cry when, from the, when she, when you finally realize how she hit her head, all of it. Yeah, yeah, all um, of and it. And then yeah, so I was I was extremely emotional at the end of uh, of eleven. I, um, maybe I I don't know. I just felt like it was a lot. I felt like it was uh, like see she was right, or like see something really happened. Like I don't know. But I I was very emotional, and her seeing the 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 image, imagery, like back to back like that. Yeah. I was like, I, um, <laughs> I was like, I'm going go for a little walk. Yeah. Yeah. It was
0: terrifying. <laughs> it was terrifying mm-hmm. because she, some, they were predatory. They'd been, almost been watching her, Um, that he had an accomplice, that mm-hmm. this is a person who does this often, that she mm-hmm. was just treated like, just violated in such a, 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 a man it was so disturbing because it could be yeah. any person it could be any person that could have happened to and the idea that somebody was a accomplice to that kind of behavior um mm-hmm. from the doorman who let them in to the just all of it was just oh, deeply disturbing and so it's it's really interesting how she deals with it in episode 12 because it reminds me of the um, books that you read as a kid choose your own ending and so she mm-hmm. gives us three different scenarios of what one would do or might do should they come face to face with their attacker right how do you avenge yourself um, what would you say um and so we're given these three different scenarios the first you're not sure if it's a dream sequence if it's really happening yes. and then you recognize oh it's kind of like a ground what's it called groundhog's day
1: yeah groundhog's groundhog's day day, kind of yeah. thing
0: where she's offering kind of these different possibilities in her imagination of how she would deal with it um all mm-hmm. very um all very troubling i would say yeah all very troubling
1: initially i thought the episode was just coming coming along like we're in the moment and it was it was when i saw that that she turned violent in the first sequence. Then I was like, oh, no, I don't think we're. I, <laughs> I, I was like, wild. are we? I don't think we're. And then, so I was actually happy to see, you know, like when she was back outside on the balcony and Ben comes out, I said, ah, yeah, okay. Because it, it was so out of out of character. But then I also feel like you don't know what happens sometimes when people have been holding in all this stuff for for yeah. so long yeah yeah and so um and then I think it's the second scenario um I I and it's the scenario where no wait um the I don't know if it's the second or the third one but the,
0: the police come where okay. Terry tells her you know and he becomes an under
1: the bed issue yeah he becomes a yeah no so then it's the third sequence that that I I had an immense understanding for. Um, I it, it, I know it's it's a strange sequen, sequence. Everyone, it's, it it seems because it it's a sequence where she and the person who violated her actually end up like making love and talking, and she hears some hears the the predator basically. She hears him out and why he does those things and. She's, she's, she has, like, compassion for him. And then there's a, there's a part where he seems scarce and wants to be protected by her. Um, and something about that was just... Like, I get it, but I I can't explain yeah, exactly I wonder, why, but I got it. I wonder... I wonder how... I mean, and hopefully people
0: will engage with us because I really wonder how people... Um, interpreted this episode, Mm -hmm. right? So the first, the first scenario with Theodora's help and and Terry's help well, more so Theodora, Mm -hmm. uh, they kill him and Mm -hmm. she shoves him under the bed. In the second scenario, with with Terry's help, they kind of, she kind of relives the scene um, by, you know, taking the drugs, being kind Mm -hmm. of out of you know, kind of uh, incoherent, and I'm laughing
1: because the song Fire Starter is in that one, right? <laughs> it right, it's just right. so good.
0: And calling the police, right? And but then when the police yeah. come, um, she leaves and goes to the house, he's crying, and um, but then when the police come, they take him away. And then the f- third scenario is as, um Norma just described kind of a more intimate encounter first it starts off trying to trap him but then it becomes mm-hmm. a more intimate encounter a kind of a mutual a kind of reciprocated um, sexual encounter between the two kind of waking up like a typical scenario next morning like oh sun shining on each other's faces looking at each other um, and he says I'm not leaving until you tell me to leave and she says leave. So, you know, kind of playing to her subconscious mind uh, And playing. he leaves
1: together with the with the murdered one Well they all one. three
0: so all three leave and this is I think the whole idea of freedom more symbolism because each time one of these scenarios comes to an end, we go back to Ben in the garden and he makes a comment about the bird. Such a loud bird, wonder where that's coming from. Birds represent freedom. And so in the scene, she's finally not let go completely. This is going to be with her for a while, but she's confronted in her mind. She's confronted, this is how I interpret it anyway. She's confronted this attacker Mm -hmm. in all these different scenarios of, this is what I would do if I ever saw him again. In all these three scenarios, she's released. She's releasing it, learning to release it and get some freedom. That's how I I saw it. I did. I was
1: like, um, I'm, I'm, I think that's what I was like relating to that running through your mind when something has like upset you or how you've been obsessing about it and you run through your mind over and over of how you would handle it. Um, that's, that's definitely how I saw that those scenarios, uh, come by. Um, yeah, yeah, that, yeah that's it. And then, but okay, then, okay, let's go to the end. So, I, the only thing that I felt like was left in the middle, and maybe it was like done on purpose for us to discuss and think about. Did we watch the book? Like, did we watch what what happens to the characters in the book, or did we really watch what happens in to Arabella in real life? Because um, <clears throat> for some reason, when it became the book um and it's independently published now and we're about to read it I I was like wait so was was everything based on fiction and you read us the book or yeah I I I thought it was very clever but I that's what stayed with me I was like darn now I'm not sure if she just read us the book that she just published or did we really watch her life and it ended up producing
0: this book. <laughs> yeah, no, this is a great question. The book is called January twenty second. Um she leaves it vague. Because remember she she does the same. We see her pick up the card. I think it's a like golden boy I think it said. She picks up one of the cards. She tears it up right and then yeah, she really writes so. mm-hmm. a different one and, and 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 uses that based on the experience, based on the last experience. So, it isn't clear to me, it's sequentially, if we're beginning at the end, right? If it's a if it's a flashback narrative, or not. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't. And does it make a difference? It's a good question. Right.
1: Yeah. A good question. No, yeah, I don't know. If it, if it makes a difference. I, I I I even like there's this last look that um Arabella gives us from it's old it's it's Arabella with the wig and the mm-hmm. and the the grill mm-hmm. and she's on the beach clearly. And so I was also thinking like is it also we have so many different parts to us. So I was like, is it just this part lives in me, but in in a different way now. Or, mm. yeah, I and and then I was like, wait, or are you showing me like she's fictional? But yeah, I so I couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't figure it out. I, I, it's that's what stayed with me. I was like, wait, did we read a book with you, or did we watch you go through this and that produced this book? So mm. I can, I like it. It's actually really like. I thought it was an amazing and very clever episode for sure to end a, a season or even a series with because some people believe it's it's a closed-off series. But I uh, I thought it was um, yeah I thought it was very clever done because th- this is absolutely the most thinking I've done about a show <laughs> in the in current times. Like it's the show really stays on your mind and this ending stayed on my mind. I actually ended up watching the episode twice. Just to um, make sure that I wasn't misinterpreting what I saw, I think, what I thought I saw. For me,
0: I took it to the personal with her because um, I watched a really amazing speech, which I don't know if you watched it. Norma, I sent it to you, but she gave a speech at a it was a at an event for producers and directors. Oh yes, yes. Right, mm-hmm. and she talks about her own experience going to a party. Being the victim of, of a date, of, well, not a date rape, but a uh, um, drug-induced um, sexual violation. And mm-hmm. so she's, you know, drugs-facilitated sexual assault is the language. And so she knows this experience personally, right, intimately. Um, Obviously draws from it to create this show, Um. We're not, I'm not suggesting that Arabella is Michaela Cole, but I'm what I'm saying is that she draws from experience to tell this story um, mm-hmm. and populates it with other characters, some who might be fictional or non-fictional. Um, but I did, I saw the connection there and this whole kind of, I like to say often in my classes, kind of writing yourself into being. So you mm-hmm. use the story to kind of, um create identity kind of as a way to give meaning to experience um not just Mm -hmm. not just as a cathartic thing like I write this so it makes me feel better not like that write it off no yeah Mm -hmm. more so your writing you use writing as a vehicle to um not just tell your story but kind of position yourself in the world as a as a human being. Mm. Um, so that's how I saw it. Um, mm. There's certainly a lot of courage. Like, if it's a flashback, I thought it took a lot of courage. Even in the different scenarios, I thought, wow. Like, it, it was, for me, very uncomfortable to sit and watch her go back in the bathroom with him again. Even even in the scenarios where they had... Where they, you know, she knew that Terry was charge, there. Yeah. It's just made me just oh, it was just so difficult to watch. Even the
1: the eyes, eyes, eyes was starting to give me like panic attack. Yeah, because it it he, there's There's um, the actor did a great job, by the way. He, there's an intensity in his face and times too, and it's 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 in it's very eerie. Like and maybe also because you now already know what's, Going to happen, yeah. so you, you see them like malice in it. Um, and the language, yeah, definitely,
0: you're worthless. You're mm-hmm. worth like that language, which people some people begin to feel like that, right? After they've been assaulted. So it was, but you're very raw. And as we've said before, right, that there, you know, we do encourage you if this is triggering to um, call any number of hotlines. Um, mm-hmm. uh to help you right, because this is um our intention here is to discuss this series and to um kind of help to discuss issues that are mm-hmm. sensitive so we don't no, we don't yeah. take it for granted, and we would here in America we would encourage you to call, maybe you could call um the national sexual assault telephone hotline which is 1-800-656-4673 or 1-800-656-hope um because maybe these conversations can be difficult for some of you but um i think that the effort here is to help the average person understand what a sexual assault survivor goes through in addition to thinking about consent content in all of its um complexity different levels of consent uh the different ways in which we interact as sexual beings and the um the borders that we cross um Mm -hmm. and so
1: i think that's if i can mm -hmm. fill in on that last that's i i think that's why i have so much compassion for the third scenario it reminded it reminded me that And it's something that I recognize. I know people don't like to speak about what happened with between Kobe and the girl that he was uh, when he had his altercation with sexual assault. But what I because what I hated about that scenario, and I'm concentrating on the victim, is that people were like, "She's a whore," or like because she had slept with somebody else later that evening. But what I why I bring it in together with that third scenario is that. There is a feeling of wanting to feel better or wanting to forget Mm -hmm. that feeling from the, from the assault. And so what I tie in with the, from that third scenario is that even the idea of having a a love in, or, you know, like in making love to the person who sexually assaults you in her mind gives more peace than because then you're not worthless, or then you're not garbage. Because then he he wanted to be with you, and I understood that feeling of wanting to feel better or wanting it to feel differently. And that also made me think about the the victim in the Hobie case, and that people because I just didn't like that people kept saying like, "Oh, she slept with other people, she was a whore, she was a bitch," and I was like, "No, there's something about erasing." That, that is, that is familiar or that, or uh, to me, that, that, that stood out to me. That I don't want this feeling. I would, I would like it to just go away, but I can replace it with this feeling. And so not, not, um, justifying anybody's action, but I, I understand where the actions, uh, came from or where those ideas came from. So that third scenario, like, really stayed with me because it just seems so unhealthy and so like, oh, why would you want that? But I understood it well, watching be, it.
0: It would be curious to see what her therapist, and we don't know, you know, if she will mm-hmm. go back to therapy and what her therapist will have to say. I mean, she growth, right. She's working on herself. She took those bags mm-hmm. from under the bed and, and maybe dealing with these three different scenarios was the kind of final piece not, mm-hmm. not final because I, it's a work in progress. You don't just kind of like, okay, I'm healed now. But um, in terms of a confrontation, confronting it, Zane yeah. took out the bags. In terms
1: of making your mind come to terms of like, yeah, we are gonna let we're gonna give this a place and let it go.
0: Right. Yeah. Zane took out the bags, and now I'm going to kind of go through this in my mind. But then I need to put it to rest. Um, hmm. And it's interesting. This because this is not all I am. Right. Yeah. And it's interesting because at the end of the episode, so every time that, so we've seen a couple of times every time that she's going to go out and she keeps going back to this bar and Terry's annoyed that she keeps going back there because mm-hmm. she's like, why would you want to go back to the scene of the crime? Why would we go back to a place where it's something so hurtful? And in one of the scenarios, she said, you know, she's been planning for this all along, going back, hoping to see him. Um, But then not necessarily, probably initially not knowing what to do if she should see him. Other than Mm -hmm. she wants the police to know, she wants him to be arrested, she needs vindication and all of these kinds of things. And Ben has been invited along to go, but every time he says no. And Ben is not a very well-developed character, he's kind of like an ancillary character who's supportive. But each time he's invited to go, he says no.
1: No, he wants to yeah. stay
0: and nurture his plants. And then we saw in episode um eleven that mm-hmm. actually he feels very isolated, very alone. He goes on an app that's dealing with um mm-hmm. people that you know are feeling uh, alienated. And it's also it's interesting because it's almost like so Ben is in his own world but he's protected. He's sad he's alone, but he's not in the chaos of Arabella's world. He's, yeah. he's immune to all of that and she's the calming force that she needs because after the final it's scenario, amazing. she says, "Um, he asks her, are you going out to work, Going out tonight as she usually does, that's like the usual mm-hmm. kind of pattern of behaviour and she says no yeah. and she gives him a hug and then it's like oh well how about we stay in and he's so happy yeah that okay she acknowledges his friendship she wants to be around and she doesn't have to go out to this club that makes her miserable
1: that was also an emotional moment it made me think about what you said earlier that Arabella doesn't pay close attention to like her friends and her surroundings right so only in you're right only it's episode 11 that I was like wait wait there's something going on with Ben. And I just felt like really, I felt like a certain guilt for having missed that <laughs> the entire time. I did think that he was okay because he was paying rent and he seems very calm. And then to realize like, no, he told me he's dealing with like introvert and not, and and or maybe not even introvert, but like not stepping outside of the house issues. Um, and yeah, so when she does say, I would, I felt like it. It was a, exactly that point when she just said, "Like okay, then, you know, we stay in." And to see him like brighten up, that for once, it's 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 about him, and not were us catering to her. Um, it also made me realize that she might be getting back to a better version of her old self, where she's paying attention to her friends and
0: yeah, yeah, what, yeah. But
1: I I did feel like it's weird as an audience person. I felt guilt. I was like, oh, we totally missed. What was going on with Ben? <laughs> right, poor Ben is there, yeah. and they're like, "Oh,
0: coming? No, okay, bye," and off they go. Right. <laughs> um, and so, we'll, so we we'll wrap up. Um, <coughs> Arabella finishes her book, January twenty second. It's a huge success, published independently. Uh, rave reviews. Yeah. Okay, she's conquered the world. Terry has her new love interest. A new commercial. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like wrapping up all the pieces, right? Kwame is yeah. in a better space. Ben is part of the crew. Um, so I don't know if we're coming back and it ends up with her on the beach as you really intimated, kind of a flashback to the yeah. side mm-hmm. of Arabella with the with the gold teeth. So I don't know if um if we're coming back if to if these it characters a part two, to be honest, right? I mean, we love Arabella, but The great thing about English shows is they tend to be short and sweet. They don't drag on forever, and Mm -hmm. well, Downton Abbey did, but you, you (laughs) and so did any of the other shows. But I love Downton Abbey. (laughs) um, You, you get connected to a character like Arabella because maybe because she's young and she's vibrant and she's um, just so wild. Um, we all know like our versions of Arabella or maybe we are Arabella mm-hmm. or we're Terry or we're Kwame. It's kind of, we know people like this in mm-hmm. our orbit, right? Many of us. And mm-hmm. it will be hard to let her go. But I think t- for me, if there was a season two, yes, I'd be happy. If there wasn't, I understand why. Because it doesn't yeah. need to be. The story is complete, right? For me. I was
1: going to say, and if, we, if 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 we... If the topic is consent and and sexual assault, and this was a lot to go through, this is a lot to, to go through for a person that that has experienced assault. And then I I'm also, I'm still hearing from people that I have have not had that experience, and they're like, "Wow, oh my God, I can't." So I also don't know if it's necessary to keep bringing all this up without proper channels in place like therapy and stuff like that so i feel like this is this is good and compact for what it is i would i would actually be quite okay with not a second season i would love of course to see anything else from her but um a second season i think would be hard to pull off because it, it would have to involve some type of um um like there would be a victim again and so you know, like, and then, um, and then unpacking again of what happens to that victim and who would it be? Would it be Terry? Would it be Kwame? Like, and, or would it be a it's an, an, even an outside person and how would they assist this? How would the characters assist this person? So I, I just from brainstorming and thinking about it, I think this is the the best way to, to leave it. I think you can, you can learn from it The people that have gone through an experience like it can, can find some type of healing process in it mm-hmm. but i i don't know how it would be a second i don't second either. or third season mm. another thing is for
0: people to recognize violation right i think it's uh mm-hmm. it's uh they've done a good job of helping especially for you and, and again crosses genders but for young people especially who i hope watch the show i think it can give them a sense of um agency over their Bodies, because one wouldn't necessarily make a big thing of someone removing a condom, or um, any number or, or any number in- of kind of uh, issues dealing with control, right? And because consent mm-hmm. is about control and power, right? And so um, this forces you to reconsider your positionality in a relationship what you want and what you don't want and how do do you voice that or do you not do you have the language to say hey actually that was not cool because Mm -hmm. x y and z i think it's very it's a it's a great instructional tool for young people in particular even obviously older people too And maybe it makes us look back and say oh yeah What people's reaction
1: to um I, I had a, people's reaction, I hope it helps to, um, I don't want to get into the, the personal things, but I remember when I did speak up, the reactions to it were dismissive. <clears throat> so I hope that people also learn to keep in mind that if somebody opens up to you to not be dismissive. Right it to, to, and I feel like that might work, especially for younger people
0: um, right. I, I, yeah or um on the inverse to speak up uh, yeah, right, that's the other thing to say something again, I won't delve into my past, but um, I didn't say anything to anybody, mhm,
1: mm-hmm. for a long time
0: um you know my my experience was a little tamer, but um. I didn't, because of, there's a sense of shame mm-hmm. and, you know, maybe on another thing I'll talk about it, but um, because I didn't feel, I didn't feel, off, I didn't feel threatened, I guess. So I felt mm. like, well, the situation happened or almost happened, didn't mm-hmm. happen because it's some control situation, but I didn't leave immediately after. So it was just all very complicated but it was still yeah. an, there was still an attempt to violate that, you know. It just was a a situation. I think that that's what is difficult. what is
1: what you're saying is what I feel like we should is what we get in the show that, um, it can be very complicated. So, without taking away that it's still a violation, right? So that's that's what I, that for me, I was like, oh, thank God, somebody made that clear. Because to then verbally say, well, I did this and this, this happened, but like how you said, like, but I didn't need. And then same thing in my scenario, like, it, I didn't handle it co- completely correctly. So now you want to say something about it, but then they're like, well, what did you do? And then you say what you did and they're like, well, that's dumb,
0: Right. You know, like, Especially oh, well, young. like, Especially I can, yeah.
1: And then I'm like, Ugh. So like, oh, I took all of this to did to speak, and then your answers were well, like, kind of like, well, that's what you get, right? Type of, right. and I felt like finally, it, within the show, there was I looked that there was a, no, oh, actually, that's not what you get, right? That's totally wrong, and I was like, so even though it's not, it wasn't like a, a it, it gave me a certain amount of freedom and a certain amount of like, oh, I'm not crazy, and I hope that's what it did for other people that have. Um, negative experiences, or um, of people that want to get ready to speak up. That if they do, that if I do speak up, and I don't get the reaction that I want, it doesn't mean you're crazy. It doesn't mean that it didn't happen. Right. Or that right. the violation is not a violation. Yeah.
0: Right. And then also, you know, friend code. You have to watch out for your friends when you go out. Buy your own drinks, ladies and men. You don't mm-hmm. need some guy to buy your drink. It doesn't justify mm-hmm. behavior, but it just keeps you safer. Just buy your mm-hmm. own drinks. You don't need to buy a drink because that the way you, just kind of the way that kind of thing happens as well. And just mm-hmm. you have to be hyper vigilant. Trust no one. Um, yeah, you're out and you're having fun. You certainly don't want to kind of push away every potential male suitor, but um, you just have to. You know, it's it's such such scary to think about who we were as young people and just how. Both gullible and open and mm. kind of trusting, and yeah, you just feel so much less shows.
1: danger. Yeah, like,
0: which the show um, covers for us, but yeah. I, hopefully, you know, if you have teenagers, make them sit down and watch <laughs> watch the show. It may not yes, make them immune it, to yeah. anything, but at least it might make them a little more vigilant.
1: I, I, I would hope that people would be okay if some um, like. 17 years on um male or female to watch this and under and and understand it a bit all of this these gray lines a bit better um almost actually i want to say like like men too because well men because i feel like that that boys would be boys thing is still alive and so maybe you're within your male or man culture and you think like, well this is what they showed me and it, it seems yes. funny yes and then to see it from the other side and realize like oh actually that's not that's not funny exactly that's not,
0: mm-hmm. exactly and we discussed that with the whole episode with Theodora right and the young man mm-hmm. and the kind of victory kind of the conquering look what I did you're right and we don't do enough in our schools with sexual education. It's more about prevention of STDs and pregnancy. Um, I mean, they do a little bit around rape culture and um, kind of boundaries. They do a little bit of, uh, around that, but just kind of the, the basic no means no. And this is what this should yeah, is Yeah, and consent showing.
1: seems a, a bigger topic lately. Yeah, like, like, like I, I've even heard like Carter's 11 and they kind of sort of mentioned something and he just had his first. This year, last year was his first class about it, Mm -hmm. and I thought it was interesting because I don't remember anybody saying anything about consent when I was younger. So, um, yeah, yeah,
0: that was good. So, people, that's going to be a wrap for us. We have a surprise coming for you, (laughs) and uh, watch out for that. We won't, we won't give any hint hints, but we will say it's. (laughs) uh, I think it will be for the fans of Michaela Cole and the show. I think that you will be pleasantly surprised not to hype it yes. too much. And <laughs> thank you for riding with us. And so we have one more episode devoted to this magnificent series. And we thank you to those of you who participate in the polls.
1: Yes. I hope you guys enjoyed it as much as we did. I, I know it was a hard topic, or, and, and, but I, it was amazing. And I, I truly enjoyed this. I, like, I mean, it tied my two worlds together. So... <laughs> it's like my podcast and i love television series and this is was a spectacular one and i got to talk about it so thank you for that too tracy and um yeah i'm glad that this was this was absolutely this was perfect timing to for for us i feel like this was perfect timing to watch this type of show and perfect timing to have a nice series about it podcast series about it yeah
0: so as always we thank you for tuning in
1: keep listening yes. guys keep listening
0: <laughs> and what you could really help us with is by telling a friend to tell a friend so we can continue to grow and just make sure that other people have an opportunity to uh not only tune in to us but to tune into Michaela Cole's show to support her and um come
1: join us on instagram black girls with accents Right. Just come and interact with us, and yes, it's going to be great. And take yeah. our poll. So as usual, thank you. We'll see you next time. Bye bye.
0: Bye bye. <laughs>